Hey there and welcome to the Skin Lovers Unite podcast. My name is Kelly, otherwise known as Skin Queen, and I'm so excited to educate you on all things real skin science. Over the past five years, I've gone from working as a dermal therapist to a clinical educator where I worked with some of Australia's leading skincare companies, learning so much about the skin and science behind how it all works. And now I'm here to share all my knowledge with you. Let's jump right into today's episode. Back with another Peels episode, which I definitely think is needed because this is such a big topic, such a loaded topic. And, you know, obviously I'm creating these podcasts to be really educational and I don't want you to be overwhelmed. So last week on the podcast, we spoke about peels and we spoke about enzyme peels. Uh, We spoke about lactic peels and we spoke about retinol peels. So we really started to scratch the surface in terms of acids. But this week we are going to be talking a little bit more about acids. And I'm going to start by actually explaining the two different types. So the first type we have AHAs and then we also have BHAs. AHAs being alpha hydroxy acids and they are, you know, very common. They're more attracted to water. They're probably, I would say, a little bit more safer to use, just depending, actually. And then you have BHA. And I shouldn't say BHAs. It's like a pet hate. It's only a BHA. And that BHA is salicylic acid. Yes, you can get derivatives of salicylic acid, but there is really only one and truly, one and true, true. Okay, we'll start that again. <laughs> There is really only one BHA in that salicylic acid. Now, there is another peel called TCA, trichloretic acid, which I'm going to be touching on a little bit in today's episode. So last week we spoke about lactic acid and how, you know, that is really great for people who are concerned with dehydrated skin. Um, And we also spoke about how it's great for people with a little bit of sun damage and photo damaged skin. So let's start with mandelic acid. This is another one of my favorites. Mandelic acid is an AHA that works like a BHA. So what I mean by that is mandelic acid goes and exfoliates the surface as it should. And then it actually, um, and when I say exfoliates the surface, it actually travels around the surface, absorbing all of the water, causing that um, barrier to disrupt. And then it goes a little bit deeper into the skin and it starts absorbing all of the oil as well. And, you know, for that reason, mandelic acid is amazing for people with acne, congestion, blackheads, and people who would consider themselves a little bit more oily, even though we know that's not really a proper thing. But with your mandelic acid peels, really easy to use. Um, Same risks as always, making sure that, you know, people aren't contraindicative, that they are prepped. That is another thing that I'm yet to talk about, and that is prepping. So oftentimes when we talk about prepping the skin, it means getting clients on either AHAs or BHAs or retinol for one to two weeks prior just to get their skin back into an optimal cell turnover mode. And by doing that, one, we can eliminate if they're going to have an adverse response to any of the acids because you'd prefer to do that before they actually get on the bed. And then the next thing is to ensure that their skin is going to be healthy because it's almost like... um, you know, going and having, I think a a good example of this is going and having weight loss surgery and like doing nothing about it prior. Like if you've gone to the gym, if you've eaten the correct diet and you're like, I'm still stuck. That's when like weight loss surgery 
can help. And it's the same with peels. Like you need to start doing a little bit because otherwise it's like wasting money. If you're just going to come in and have peels and not do any home care, you know, that's a really tough slog. (laughs) So it's just doing that little bit of prep work to get your skin in optimal mode. But I would also encourage clients to make sure their skin is super hydrated in the lead up to peels as well. So that's mandelic for you. You also have glycolic. So glycolic acid, I really find that glycolic acid is a little bit old school. I don't know um, (laughs) who agrees with me, but whenever I see um, anybody talking about glycolic acid, I'm like, oh, we still doing that. (laughs) I still remember being in prac in university way back when and bringing my partner in to do a glycolic acid peel. And it was really cool because as I did it, he had a little um, white head come to the surface and then it also dissipated really quickly. And he got a lot of shedding from that peel, mind you. But glycolic acids, once again, are alpha hydroxy acids and they are derived from sugar cane and they come in lots of different strengths. You can get 10%, 15%, 20%. And look, they are very gentle. I will give them that, but the molecules are a little bit large. And so I often find that can be a little bit more stingy on the skin. And I just find it's a little bit more old school, like glycolic was one of the originals. When you look at peels like lactic acid and mandelic, like lactic acid, it's also got that added hydration. Mandelic acid, it's going to work like a two-way system. Glycolic really just helps to desquamate that top layer of skin to really break down that stratum corneum to do then what? (laughs) That's really all I see glycolic acid as being, but that's okay. Next is salicylic acid. So salicylic acid is your BHA and salicylic acid is amazing for actually treating your more acne and oily skin types, blackheads, congestion, etc. Salicylic is derived from the willow bark tree um, and it is so most of these acids are derived from natural resources, by the way, but salicylic acid, um, being that it's attracted to oil, it's actually going to be working a little bit deeper in the skin. So not only is it great for people who are concerned with acne, but we often see people using it in conjunction um, with other ingredients, like, as I said uh, in the last episode, tyrosinase inhibitors. And that means that, you know, we are getting that destruction of the stratum corneum a little bit deeper so that you, you can then deliver ingredients down into where you need them to get a little bit more effectively. And when we're talking about treating pigmentation, salicylic acid is going to really open up those channels to allow for tyrosinase inhibitors to really be absorbed down into the basal layer where our melanocytes live, which is really important. The next I want to talk about is Jesna peels. Now, when I first started at uni, I was actually taught about Jesna peels and Jesnas are like the original peels and they aren't really common anymore, but they are a blend of lactic acid, salicylic acid and resorcinol. Resorcinol works quite deep in the skin, but these are also quite deep peels. They're also quite bitey peels. They cause a lot more destruction. So if people are really wanting to shatter pigmentation within the skin, um, if they've got post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation, um, sun damage, I'm just trying to think when else you would do it for. Gosh, if you had lots of cystic acne, I would probably spot treat with a Jesna peel. That would be quite awesome. 
You can get these formulated in compounding chemists. I know not a lot of brands will actually do them anymore. And I think, especially here in Australia, I think the reason why that is, is I think they actually made resorcinol an ingredient that was only allowed to be used by um, nurses or doctors a few years ago. Because I remember there was like a change in the TGA, which is the Therapeutics Good Administration. And all of a sudden, all these business owners like ran <laughs> and stocked up on all these Jesna-like peels. Um, but still a really effective peel if you can get your hand on it. But I would only ever be doing this, yeah, on people who had probably not even melasma, but lots of um, deep sun damage, lots of glycated skin would be great for Jessna peels. Um, if people had really thick leathery couch skin, that's when I would do a Jessna peel. And then the lucky last is a TCA peel. So TCA peel stands for trichloretic acid. And this is in a realm of its own. And I'm pretty sure doctors can only do this now. But I remember when I first graduated, I actually got this compounded. And you can cause a lot of damage with this. <laughs> surprise, surprise. So trichloric acid, you know, it's really a chemical. It's not naturally derived like the others. Um, if you're going to ask me where it comes from, it literally comes from trichloretic. Chloretic meaning chlorine acid. So it's a derivative of chlorine and it's really just going to cause a lot of destruction within the skin so that you're getting that um, cell rejuvenation. So you're speeding up cell turnover. So your cells are like, whoa, we've got a control wound going on. We need to create new cells in here. And then from there, what actually happens is you can use it as a spot treatment as well. And it's going to help with overall rejuvenation. It is probably one of the most deepest peels. Um, you know, sometimes I think people will actually refer to trichloretic acid peels as the toothpick peels, where you actually are then like holding it on a little area of concern. Um, but it does have a lot of risks. You can end up with post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. Um, you can end up with chemical burns and so many other things as well. I hope you are enjoying today's episode. Before we get back into it, I just had to share with you my brand new program, that is going to skyrocket your confidence when it comes to educating your clients on their skin concerns. And as a result, increase product sales, treatment bookings, and the best part, client results. When you sign up to explain skin concerns like a boss, not only do you get my training that shares with you exactly how I explain each skin concern to clients, but you also get my skin concern flashcards that you can use as a visual tool during consultations. Imagine if you could increase average client spend by $100 or more simply just by educating them. As my gift to you, I'd love to give you $100 off your purchase. Click the link below in the show notes and use code EXPLAIN100 at the checkout. Now let's get back to today's episode. All right, so now that we have spoken about all of the different types of peels, let's actually talk about a few other things that you might not know. So we first spoke about the really important need to repair the skin before you refine the skin. The next is that you always want to make sure that you're working on hydration prior to having any sort of peels with your clients. You want to make sure that their skin's really nice and healthy, their barrier function is working optimally. 
And also too, that if they are brand new to acids, retinols, enzymes, to make sure that you've prepped their skin prior and to get them using that ingredient in their skincare products a few weeks beforehand, I would say at least two weeks beforehand, just so that if you know that they're going to actually have an adverse response, you want them to do it to the product rather than the peel on the bed. We've spoken about contraindications in the lead up to all of these peels. Um, so if they've been sick or unwell, that's really important because their wound healing is going to be impaired. Um, if they're diabetic, if they're pregnant, breastfeeding. I'm also going to say if they've been really stressed because if they're stressed, they're going to have more inflammation within their body. And if they have more inflammation, when you do a peel that's a little bit tingly and stingy, it's going to really cause more inflammation, which is an ideal. You always want to make sure they haven't had any sun exposure for 48 hours prior because the the skin holds heat. And then additionally to making sure that they understand post-care as well. So keeping their skin super hydrated, don't pick or pull at the skin, making sure that they're not using any actives afterwards because their skin's going to be a little bit more sensitized because we've actually purposely removed their barrier function. And so we need to be using lots of hydration, lots of hyaluronic acid, lots of non-scented moisturizer, lots of vitamin B, lots of sheet masks, lots of face masks at home. And then also make sure that they understand that not one peel is enough. You know, you can't go to the gym once and get abs. Yes, you might get a little bit of like an adrenaline boost. You might get all those feel-good endorphins. It's the same with a peel. Your skin will look a little bit good for the first few days. But, you know, we're only really working on that surface level. We're trying to encourage cell turnover to happen heaps. And so what we actually want to do is we want to bring them in again. And I always say you want to do with peels probably a course of six to eight. And with some of them, I would be bringing them in fortnightly. When you start to work up towards, you know, your higher percentages, so like your 60%, um, your Jesna, your TCA, I would only be bringing them in monthly for that too. But otherwise I'd be bringing them in fortnightly and I would be outlining it. I'd be saying, so, you know, this is what needs to be done in order to achieve these results. And I would love to get you in fortnightly to do these treatments. What day works best for you? That's when you can really treatment package everything up. And you could say, you know, usually there'd be $200 appeal, $130 appeal. Happy to do it for you if we book and pay for them all now at $100 appeal. Makes it super easy. You're going to be coming in anyway, so you may as well pay for them all up front. It's a little bit cheaper. And then you're locked in. We can just get to working on your skin. The other thing I wanted to talk about was neutralizing versus self-neutralizing. So given we are working with acids in the skin, it's really important that we, with some of our peels, are actually neutralizing our peels. So what that means is these acids are going to continue to tear through the skin unless we actually tell them no. And so we need to then use a neutralizer, which most brands actually have a neutralizer in their range. Um, and you can actually then just dab it all over the peel, wipe it all over, just like you've popped on the peel. And that will actually stop the peel, stop the acids from working. Additionally, some peels are actually self-neutralizing. So that means you don't need to remove them. And once they've gotten to a certain place in the skin, they're going to stop working themselves. And that's something that I wanted to point out because oftentimes people are like, what does that mean? (laughs) But another good way to know when to neutralize is having a timer. I have always started the timer before I start my peel. And that's because once that peels on the skin, it's on the skin. 
So if I'm going to start on the forehead and work my way around, then by the time my timer goes off, I'm going to start removing it from the forehead and then work all the way down. Um, but additionally too, looking at any clinical endpoint signs. So are they getting any redness? Are they getting any discomfort that's above a six or seven out of 10? Are they getting any tingles in the skin? Are they getting any, um, icing, any frosting in the skin? Sorry. So to finish off, I wanted to talk about what frosting is. And frosting is basically when the proteins in the skin have been denatured because of the acids. And so they cause like a little icing sugar effect on the skin. And they just look like a little white patch, a little, um, shouldn't be too crazy, just like a little dusting of icing sugar. And that's when I would then neutralize where that peel is. And I would also then neutralize the rest of the face from there. But frosting can happen. You know, it's not ideal. It's not the end of the world. It just means you're going to get a really great peel in that area and that the peel really took to that area. But always important to know, you know, what peel you're working with, what it's really great for treating, what are the protocols, what is the downtime, how often do I need to get my client in for, have I got everything I need prior to doing a peel, making sure that you're fully equipped. And this is really just a taster. As I said, this isn't to replace your normal training. So please reach out to the skincare brands and the peel brands that you're working with, as I'm sure they will have somebody that can send you out for training. But I really hope that you've enjoyed this two-part series. Once again, please reach out to me. Let me know what you've learned from this episode. Let me know what you're going to do differently, what you're excited to implement. I love to hear it. And I will see you in the next episode where I'm going to be teaching you different treatments that you can actually mix with each other. So sorry to all the skincare brands listening to this, but have a great week and I'll chat to you later. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it or learned something new, be sure to share this on Instagram and tag me at Skin Queen. That's queen with three E's and I'll be sure to repost you. Have an amazing day and stay moisturized.